did it come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. And here we go. Welcome back, everybody. It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. And Loyal Legion, I am sad to announce that our very own teabag will unfortunately no longer be with us here at the podcast from outer space but you know we had to hop in we had to uh reach out to some friends you know and uh i am very happy to announce that our boy billy aka billy the kid bilbo baggins and some of you may even know him as the korean cowboy has agreed to join us and stand in in teabag's place so a round of applause for our boy billy What's up? Thank you, Rob. Tell the What's loyal on, a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, not not too interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm Korean. I play drums, and I work in human resources. And uh, you know, it's crazy because we, you know, we go back, whew, back to high school, man. We're ancient. So thanks so much for having me on. I'm stoked. And you know, as always, it's Ryan Scott. Greetings, Earthlings. Now, I do want to say. Teabag hasn't officially left. It's an open-door policy here. He's going through some personal issues. Uh, the Korean Cowboy is our de facto stand-in. Uh, but you might catch Teabag on some future episodes here and there. It just depends with his schedule. But he's off teabagging people as we speak. <laughs> Today, we are getting into episode 101, The Multiverse uh, I now, thought it was 101 Dalmatians. It is the Dalmatian episode, <laughs> uh, which unfortunately is not our Disney episode. Now, once again, you know, right up top, I'm going to say for you new listeners out there, uh, this is going to be one of our classic science episodes. You know, science, science. Uh, and once again, a little disclaimer, we are not, nor have we ever been scientists. So, you know, take this one with a couple grains of salt. Maybe in a past life. (laughs) As we are getting in (laughs) to all things multiverse today. Now, you guys, have you ever heard of this? Have you, what do you know when it comes to the multiplied universe? What do we know? Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know too much about it. What I do know is something along the lines of parallel universes. So, you know, essentially the light, all the lives that we live here on earth is just mirrored in these other, you know, versus multiverses, dimensions, parallel universes type thing. Um, Rob? Well, I have listened to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Parallel Universe, mm-hmm. and I've also mm-hmm. seen a couple of uh, the Marvel films, you know, where they <laughs> reference the multiverse. Okay. The so, Spider-Verse, if okay, you will. Okay, so the Spider-Verse is your background knowledge on this one? Again, we are not scientists. Okay. okay. But we are with Marvel, science. baby. Okay. Now, and that is something we can get into a little later, but uh, right up top, just for this episode's sake, uh, the multiverse is essentially a hypothetical group of multiple universes. Now, these universes make up everything that exists, so think time, space, matter, energy, along with all physical laws that dictate them, Uh, and there is many different names and theories as to what these different universes within the multiverse are, 
And they could be everything from, as you said, parallel universes to alternate universes to many worlds. And there's many, many more names, which we'll get into later. Now, obviously, as we said, this is a theory. You know, and when you get right down to the bare bones of this stuff, guys, it's pretty boring. Uh, you know, and it's uh, it's uh, it's not as glamorous, I guess, not as embellished as one would think. You know, the actual reality is not as interesting as some of the stuff we're going to discuss in this episode. You know, it's highly unlikely there's another world containing an evil Rob with an eye patch and a goatee. It's plausible. Though. Or maybe maybe would it be a good Rob with a bow tie and a lollipop? That's this universe, baby. <laughs> okay, so Actually, the, I think I saw one I, th- I think I saw one of those like yesterday walking down the street and I was like, "Rob?" <laughs> so there like it's not really the, that's not the reality. It's what I'm getting at. You know, there's a time and as I'm reading, I don't know if you guys came across this as I was looking into this stuff. There's a ton of like clickbait type articles that do like to embellish this kind of <laughs> science. Like it'll be like proof that there are multiple universes. Has science found a parallel universe? Or like scientists hate the multiverse because of this one simple trick. <laughs> you know? They don't know I know this. But you know there's multiple universes. You know, like did you guys come across those at all? Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those things where you know people always try to say like, oh yeah, I have proof of this and that, and like you know it was something as 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 crazy as this, which it might be a possibility. Like I will totally one hundred percent admit that, but proof, like how can you have proof for a multiverse? That's what I'm saying. You know, it'd be like me writing an article like proof that I am Thor, god of thunder. It's plausible. Like all these are <laughs> right? like perfect example was like this one, which I'll actually cite in here because I did use this in my research. It was from curiosmos.com. And the article was the Higgs boson particle could prove the multiverse theory correct. Now I'm reading this whole article and it basically says like, uh, this is like, it can't really be tested, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, God damn it, Curiosmos. No, it's not it's not fucking proving the multiverse, you know? Yeah, no. So it's I mean, like, it's hey, I have theory, proof, like... but uh, I just can't show you that proof. Exactly. So essentially, most of what you'll find if you actually look into this stuff is that it's just math used to explain how stuff in our universe works that science hasn't figured out yet. Or according to these articles, maybe it has. Or has it? <laughs> now, <laughs> now with this one, uh, I will say there's going to be a lot of crossover with our time travel episode and also our simulation theory episode. Yeah, so if you haven't, if this episode is interesting to you so far, make sure you check out the uh, episode we did on time travel as well as the simulation theory. Yeah, and I'd like to give a shout out to a one Sarah Redding seven ninety one on Instagram. Uh, you know, she DM'd us saying, "Hey, I want to know what's outside of the simulation theory." Simulation theory. She loved the simulation theory episode, so I'm saying this probably right up your alley, Sarah Redding seven ninety one. Uh, and because troop seven ninety one. I was wondering that. That was our, that was our Boy Scout troop <laughs> growing up. So look at the synchronicity there. Shout out Troop 791 for yes. Jimmy Beach. Yep. Now, also, I will. I do want to say, though, like this theory, I guess, multiverse does point to 
what could be outside of the, I guess, known or observable universe, we'll call it. And that's the th- that's the other thing too, guys. I mean, take a knee. Let me, let me teach you guys something about science Tebow? real quick. Uh, because when scientists like Neil deGrasse Tyson and um, I thought it was just Neil deGrasse, <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> Rob, I was thinking that exact same thing. I was like, well, when is it Mr. DeGrasse? De- that's like that Canadian show <laughs> yeah. with Drake. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. When Mr. Degrassi <laughs> discusses, the, like when he says the universe, what he's talking about is the observable universe. Did you guys know this? Uh, it doesn't fucking surprise me. Because obviously we wouldn't know anything out of what we could see. Does that make sense? Yep. I can hear his okay. voice saying that right now. So yeah. think of those as interchangeable. And give me your best Neil deGrasse impersonation. <laughs> I can't do <laughs> come that. Right? Come on. on think it, just give me like what he would say about the... And the this is the observable universe, guys, that we're talking about. It is the universe <laughs> you can observe, guys. <laughs> so, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. Check out my like super dope tesla like spaceship <laughs> flying through like, the cosmos girl? guys <laughs> yo i don't even yeah that was the worst neil degrassi okay. neil degrassi tyson <laughs> neil degrassi, impression dude. ever dude i think it is degrassi, degrassi anyways so uh so all of this being said you know in this episode i wanted to dive into first a history of this theory Uh, And then some more interesting versions or findings that relate to the whole multiverse thing. And yes, we can probably discuss the newest Spider-Man if we have time. Now, quick overview. So multiple universes have been hypothesized in cosmology, physics, astronomy, religion, philosophy, music, and literature, most notably sci-fi, comic books, fantasy. Now, in these contexts... These universes are also called alternative universes, quantum universes, interpenetrating dimensions, parallel universes, parallel dimensions, parallel worlds, parallel realities, quantum realities, alternate realities, alternate timelines, alternate dimensions, and dimensional planes. Now, did we miss any? If so, let us know. I mean, do you guys know of any other names for this type of stuff? I think you covered them all. Okay. There there are probably more, but... Unless you want to throw the Spider-Verse in there. (laughs) And, of course, the Spider-Verse, yes. Now, now this whole multiverse concept, you know, while this might seem like a modern idea or some type of, like, cutting-edge science, this is actually surprisingly pretty, pretty ancient, dating back at least 2,500 years that we know of. Now, some of the most popular early examples ever recorded of these ideas of infinite worlds come from the philosophy of ancient Greece known as atomism. Now, is it atomism or atomism? It's atomism. Okay, now this dates back to the 5th century BC, and this is, I guess, the theory that like everything is composed of tiny particles called atoms. Now, that's not to be confused with actual like atomic theory, um, basically like modern atomic theory is, is not based off of this philosophy, but they did steal the name. Bastard. Does that make sense? It like does. the Greeks, these guys basically argued that the order and beauty of, and keep in mind, this is philosophy. 
It's not science, right? Same thing, right? <laughs> a little different now. It could be interpreted as such. These guys basically argued that the order and beauty of our world was the accidental product of atoms colliding in an infinite void. Now, these atomic collisions also give rise to an endless number of other parallel worlds less perfect than our own. So That sounds like some bullshit. It does? Now, let's unpack that. What do you think is bullshit about this? Well, just the part at the end, saying less perfect than our own. That's like just very self-centered thing to say. Well, again, you got to think this is uh, this is fifth century BC Greece. Um, yeah, you know, they these... think that a lady with snakes on her head is turning people into yeah, stones. Yeah, and they were banging little boys. Um, okay, we don't now... need to break that in. <laughs> no, right. no, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Fair point. I'm just saying... Uh, these guys came up with this idea, but I think the less perfect thing is like, do you remember on, um, it might've been simulation. What was the one where we compared the Greek philosophies of like, you know what I'm talking about? Descartes and shit. Yeah. It's like the whole perfect circle thing. And there's like, it's actually very philosophic. We won't get into it. We won't get into it on this episode, but I think it's, it's meaning perfect in that sense. Not like. Yeah, but still, if you don't know what the other universe holds, how can you say that yours is the most perfect? It's just because it's yours that you think that. Well, no, no, no. I think this is like, I mean, I'm not sure, but I think their whole theory. No one can be sure this is fifth century BC <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, Unless you got a time machine, you want to go back and talk to fucking. I mean, Hercules honestly, I don't someone. know. If you guys would like to unpack this in your own time, feel free. I'm just jotting down this is where the theory it can be seen as like the uh, seedlings of this theory. Okay. Okay. Well, well Ryan, Ryan, I actually did um, like kind of when, when you say like the beauty of our world was an accidental product of uh, atoms colliding in the infinite void, it really reminds me a lot of um, the Big Bang Theory almost okay. like premeditated, like almost like like foresaw because if you think about the big bang it was just like okay like this tiny piece of matter just exploded and created the known universe and it was basically atoms just colliding together so in a sense it's almost it's it, you know now it is be that synonymous. is that proven that it was atoms colliding together i thought we do not uh, know what started the big bang that's what they tell yeah, you. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, it's just like, right? I mean, I don't but, know, but. No, yes, I do think that's like a theory, and I think that's one of our theories in here that like, at like say we, like when we dropped the atom bomb, correct? You split mm-hmm. an atom. Like basically what we did right. there was like the chain effect. Those are all creating like miniature big bangs that could be creating like full other universes. Is that kind of what we're unpacking here? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, like, I'm taking away from from this, and it's pretty crazy, because, like, I mean, this dates back to the 5th century BC, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just intriguing to me. Yeah, know? now, I don't think these guys were, like, as we said, this wasn't, like, atomic atoms, this was just, like, what they called atoms. So it's not, oh, I don't okay, think this was, you. I don't think their theory was that, like, you know, they're not talking nuclear Einstein Oppenheimer type shit here. They're, this was just their name, and that's in turn where the scientists that discovered the atom like derived it from. Because I think the Greek or Latin word for atom is like atomos, which means like it cannot be cut. 
So obviously it's like the smallest thing. And an atom can be cut. Atomic bombs. It it can be, but maybe what they were referring (laughs) to, yeah, I mean like. At the time, they didn't know that. They premeditated atom bombs, man. But Okay. Pearl Harbor. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they did or did it. I don't know. I'm not, I didn't dive into this full philosophy, but let's fast forward a little bit. Third century BC, we get the Stoics. Now, you guys heard of these guys? I have. Okay. Now, no, th- actually. Now, these guys, they saw the cosmos as having a sort of eternal, indestructible soul, and all apparent change and destruction was the universe recycling itself. So, according to the Stoic philosopher Chrysippus, uh, <laughs> I can, that cannot be the correct pronunciation. I was debating this. All right, it's either Chrysippus or Chrysippus. It's got to be Chrysippus. I love Chrysippus. <laughs> okay, so roll with it. Then. <laughs> so I mean, it's a dope name. Not gonna lie. So he suggested that the world eternally expires and regenerates regenerates, effectively suggesting the existence of multiple universes across time. So not parallel, but across time. This is basically on a cycle to repeat itself over and over infinite times. Now this, again, if we relate this to like modern science, third century BCE, they kind of are onto something there in like the universe was an eternal, indestructible soul. That's like the what is that one law? Like energy can neither be created or destroyed? Well, as we know, I'm not a scientist. Well, come on. <laughs> we're putting science. I, I'm a scientist, guys. Yeah, you know? we're, we're no, putting science into layman's terms here. With Chrysippus. Yes, with Chrysippus and his Chrysippus. Theory. Now, but I mean, what do we think of this theory? This is like the idea of like a cyclic universe. Like it's on a cycle, like... Maybe humanity gets to the brink of destruction and every once in a while, boom, our universe just fucking implodes and then another one starts. Another every big once bang. In a while, an asteroid just collides with our planet and kills everything. Well, no, it would be the over. destruction of the entire universe, not just our planet. I believe. If what? we're going off of Chrissy. Dang. Now, I mean, what research does Chrissy Puss have to back up his theory? I think these guys just like thought all the time. You They're know? just out there eating peyote getting high as fuck <laughs> thinking about think the peyote universe over there <laughs> but i think they were just like just thinking they only had all they had to do was think about stuff i mean again this is philosophy what a time i mean but if you think about like so many things i feel like repeat itself through history you know you guys have you guys ever heard that saying history repeats itself like everyone's heard that absolutely and like you see you see patterns in in terms of some stuff that's going on in the world today you know you turn the clock back 50, 100, 200 years, and we're seeing a lot of the same stuff. Like, So do you think uh, Chrissy Puss came up with that <laughs> saying, history repeats itself? I mean, on a very primal like level, in a, in a sense, I would say so. Okay. Or maybe he just jacked that. His whole philosophy is stolen from whoever did come up with that saying. Exactly. It's like ancient <laughs> plagiarism, dog. Yeah, now, maybe he just heard some new uh, Eastern theology and was like, Maybe we don't live again and have multiple lives. Maybe the entire universe does. Okay. I mean, that could have been his thought. Yeah. Now, so basically, we got all these ideas of cyclic and parallel universes before Christ is even born. Jesus now, Christ. around 100 AD, early Buddhist 
philosophers sought to describe a cosmology of causation, but without invoking a first cause. Now, what the fuck does that mean? I've got a little break out of that because I think that's a little complex. So we'll unpack that. Now, their solution to this was our world is one of many parallel worlds, each which undergoes its own infinite cycle of creation and destruction. So it's almost like these Buddhist guys are basically mashing the Greek ideas together, right? They might. Like they're just saying, hey, there's many parallel universes and they're all cyclic. Now, this whole cosmology of causation without invoking first cause, I'm looking into this. And what I gather is that it's basically like circular logic. Remember, we talked about this on one of our other episodes as well. It's like whatever begin, like whatever comes into existence has a cause. So the universe obviously came into existence. Therefore, the universe, therefore, the universe must have a cause. Now, the first cause would be like something had to have caused the universe to exist. So we call that the first cause. Now, when did this first cause begin to exist? You now repeat the whole argument and you can just keep repeating, repeating, repeating. Yeah, because what caused the origin of the universe? What, what started that origin? How, where did that origin come from? Exactly. And these guys are just going in circles. I mean, we could have fucking done this stuff. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's almost like chasing an answer that, I, you know, I don't know if we'll ever know, at least definitely in our lifetime, maybe in a couple thousand years, but. All right, now fast forward a bit. We get to 16th century. Now this guy, Giordano Bruno, uh, he was a like monk or a friar, I guess, from Italy. Now he goes against the Catholic Church's geocentric view of the universe And he writes that the universe has no center and no circumference. And he also postulated that the number of possible worlds in existence throughout the universe was infinite. And so was the number of Earths and suns. Bruno also imagined the nature of these other worlds, saying their, quote, are an infinity of worlds of the same kind as our own. Fettuccini. So this phrase shares a similar understanding with some modern theories of the multiverse um, in which the details of parallel worlds vary slightly, but the laws of nature remain the same. Now, this guy comes up with this grandiose idea and boom, this whole infinite worlds nonsense proved uh, this was this was um, he was a heretic, dude. You know, the, the Catholic Church, they didn't like this. And in addition to banning all of this guy's works, the church hung him upside down naked, burned him at the stake, and threw his ashes in the river. Just as Jesus Christ would have done. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) You know, that is just great. This guy's a world-class... Yeah, that stuff happened all the time, man. This is a world-class thinker. Can you imagine if we did this to our... um, If we did this to... Your boy, dude. Degrassi. Degrassi. Grassy man. <laughs> he comes up with this bubble multiverse theory and we just hang him naked upside down and throw his ashes in the river. It's fucked up, dude. Um, now, fast forward many, many, many moons. In 1952, we get to Erwin Schrodinger. Now, we've talked about this guy before. Hell this of a is, name. Yeah, this is the uh, cat box guy. You familiar <laughs> with Schrodinger's cat box? I think it's just Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, the, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, he's a physicist, quantum theory guy. Now, he gave a lecture in 1952 in which he said to his audience, quote, his equations seem to describe different possibilities, which are not alternatives, but all really happen simultaneously. Now, he also went on to say this seems lunatic. And in fact, his whole like cat box was a way to explain a part of this theory. So, you know, the um, it's like there's a cat in the box. There's poison in there. You don't know if the cat's alive or dead until you open it, but he, the cat is both alive and dead until you open it. Mm. That's essentially his mm. way of explaining this like quantum theory. Now, this sort of duality, the cat being alive and dead, has come to be known as superposition. So in 2012, Dr. S. Hiroshi and Dr. D. Warland actually received a Nobel Prize for quantum mechanics for experiments which essentially proved this superposition theory. Um, now, again, I'm not a scientist, so I look up quantum super superposition on um, Reddit, explain like I'm five, and this is one of the best explanations I've found because let me know if you guys are tracking here. Is this because you're a writer? Not necessarily. I just think it was the easiest to understand. So this is from user Grumbling Duke. Now they say, so let's say you're writing a book. You got several ideas for what could happen in the next chapter, but you're not fully sold on which idea to pick. So you start to sketch out different versions of this chapter. You don't fully write them, but you put enough to know what's going on. Let's suppose you're writing a choose your own ending book. Well, that's a little different, you know. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish the explanation. So, I'm just kidding. So you just you don't know. So you write these all out. Uh, now you can. Now you move on to the next chapter. Everything is fine. The book is back on track. You'll go back and fix this one chapter later. But it turns out you weren't careful enough when you wrote that, Rob. The rest of the book and the final version of the next chapter ends up relying on bits from all of these different versions in this one chapter that you didn't hash out. So the next chapter only makes sense if all of the versions of the previous chapter are true. Maybe with different weight giving to different versions, but even if the versions contradict each other, the rest of the book is fine. One version put all together. So the first part of the book is fine. Uh, the middle of the book only works if you have several versions of this chapter superimposed on each other, all being partly true. So are we tracking there? Is this like some butterfly effect shit? I don't think so. Where if you went back and changed it, then the whole book's fucked up? No, no. So this is actually saying quite the opposite of that. This is saying, so let's take... All the crazy things have to happen for yes, it to work for out, it to work. So everything, every... Um, well, that's what I'm saying. But if you go back and just change that one part, then the whole rest of the book is fucked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. In terms of fucking it up, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this is kind of how... Now, are we? do we think we've got a, a grasp on quantum superposition? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, come on. That's a good <laughs> like I, I'm sitting over here, like, yo, what? Like, I had to, like, I had to read that like three different times. I mean, I understand what was just read to me, but I still don't think that I could explain that to someone else besides verbatim reading what you just wrote. Okay, well, maybe you'll understand it when we get to one of our other theories, but 
Just keep that in mind. Superposition well, it's is based, like... So let me let me explain how I'm understanding it, and okay. you can tell me if All I'm right. a dumbass. This is brilliant. Come on. <clears throat> what do we got? So <laughs> basically, there's like, let's just say a clear-cut number for time's sake. Let's just say there's like 100 different things going on. All those different things have to be going on for it to exist. Otherwise, if you take away one of those things, it basically fucks up the whole timeline. Is that what you're saying? Not ne- not in terms of timeline or anything. This is just in terms of like quantum physics. So it's like little, it's like, it has to do with like particle physics and like how they measure them and stuff. And we'll get to that a little bit later, but it's essentially like in order for everything to work out. But yes, I guess it could relate. If you relate it to a timeline, it's like, you have the timeline going and then there's all these different realities and then it merges back to one timeline. All those different realities are superimposed. They might cross each other like a Venn diagram and they all have to be happening simultaneously for it to converge back. Okay. But it's not relating to a timeline. That's just, I guess, a way to explain it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. So everything has to be true in order for the final version to work. I mean, now we're getting into a sense of like what's true and what's not. It's not. <laughs> I Is guess this, it's, am I way off track? It here? doesn't have be. to be like we don't have to get into like true or not true. It just they have to happen. But is this theory supposing that everything has the same starting point and then like branches off, or because like well, again, my it's understanding, not about time. my understanding of it was everything's happening at like simultaneously just in different dimensions or different timelines, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much that's what I guess this theory is. But this is kind of saying to... this The way I'm understanding it is this is saying they all start the same and then branch off differently and then come back to the same end. No, no. Just the book idea is just a way to explain it to kind of wrap your nuts around it, you know? Wrap your nuts around it? Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna like, I, I'm gonna dig into that. That's that's interesting. Okay. Wrap okay. your nuts around that yeah. one. Try, right, yeah, Billy? try to wrap your nuts around it because I was. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, trying, man. I don't know. All right, now let's get to some of the theories because remember when we talk about multiverse in terms of physics, these are um, and these physicist theories. These guys are asking about possibilities as supported by mathematical principles. So. A lot of this isn't necessarily anything we can observe, i.e. observable reality, like most sciences. You know, most science, you say, oh, I'm going to do an experiment. Uh, The experiment is what I can see. Seeing is believing, right? This is all like math. Mm. Okay? Now, the physics community. Now, the physics community, they've debated various multiverse theories over the years, and the community is divided about whether any other universe exists outside of our own. There's basically uh, two camps here. Some physicists say the multiverse is not a legitimate topic of scientific inquiry, and concerns have been raised about whether attempts to exempt the multiverse from experimental verification could erode public confidence in science and ultimately damage the study of fundamental physics. Now, if we unpack that, it's basically saying the math is correct, so we can't just discount this stuff altogether, you know? Um, Now, the other camp 
They're arguing that the multiverse is more of a ph- philosophical notion rather than a scientific hypothesis because it cannot be empirically falsified. So this is similar to simulation theory. You know, the ability to disprove a theory by means of scientific experiment is is critical in the scientific method. So if you can't do that, is it really science? You know, which camp are you which camp are you guys in here? Man, I mean at least with with science, with physics, you know, there there's that like tactile, maybe not tactile, but there's some type of like hard evidence that, hey, look, you know, like uh we have we found dinosaur bones like dinosaurs and we can we can carbon date those bones now is di- you know are dinosaurs physics well i <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i mean I like it was probably a bad no. example but like so you're saying like you, know, you drop a bowling ball and a pencil they fall at the same rate like you, we can see that happen yeah exactly you can you can it's it's tactile you you know you could prove it whereas philosophical notions i mean one could even argue religions um it, it's totally theor- theoretical and faith-based right I mean, right like you can never prove that god exists right okay. right i mean and and you know so you you have to acknowledge the fact that you know maybe maybe there is a god because there's so much that we don't know but when you have science you have that basis of some type of truth now rob's humming over here he believes he can prove god exists they have oh. they have proof dude all That's right what bold. do we got i'm just kidding the fossil records of course yeah, <laughs> yeah right like for the, dinos, seen the tomb man. of jesus christ for example i have not i'm kidding but i have now That's does great. that prove that god exists to some people it might okay that's again a leap of dare i say it faith it is. <laughs> no, okay, okay. All right. So, so are you guys in the camp of like this is more? Philo- I think I agree with the second one. This is more philosophy in that we can never prove this, just like simulation theory. Well, I do have a bit on this. Okay. Now, do we want to get to this bit here? Well, as we have previously said many times, we're not scientists, and God knows that I'm no mathematician. Uh, but I am a bit of a lawyer here. So (laughs) it's mainly based on what you can prove. Okay, okay. So this whole episode actually got me thinking, and you you said similar to simulation theory, and I don't know if we're covering this later in the episode. We probably are, but my thought process on this whole thing is if, if in fact simulation theory is a thing, does that also help prove the multiverse exists? Because if it's a simulation then there could be multiple simulations going on at the same time. Well, yeah, that's, again, same concept, I guess. That's why I was saying, like, up top, yeah, like, remember we ended our simulation theory episode with what's outside of the simulation? So if it's multiple other simulations, that would, I guess, be multiple universes technically, if that's true. There you go. (laughs) Right, I mean... And again, now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, all right, you go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna like I just don't think that you you'll will ever be able to prove this. And I don't think we'll ever <laughs> be able to prove simulation theory. I mean the matrix is tight, but like, you know, come on. Like, That's where I'm picking a know. bone with Rob's statement. He hits us up top with a Denzel. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. <laughs> and then he goes on about simulation <laughs> theory. Nobody's proven that. I know no one's proven it, but I was thinking 
if well, you could. Well, I was thinking you're like one of these articles. No, because I was saying like there <laughs> there is no proof that the multiverse exists. But if in fact you subscribe to the idea that everything's a simulation, then clearly there could be a multiverse because it's obviously not just going to be one. If you have a fucking simulation, you're going to want to run a bunch of them at the same time, see which one works out best, right? Well, you don't know that. What We no don't one know what that. the lizards running the simulation are up to out there. They could just be running one Sims game. Well, no, nah, dude, come on. You want to have a couple? Or the CIA, one of the two. It's the same thing, Billy. Yeah, come on. They're lizards in the CIA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now, exactly. <laughs> so the CLA, Central Lizard Association. So needless to say, um physics is on the fence about this whole multiverse idea. Now, in some fields of physics, as far as I could find, the multiverse theory isn't widely accepted as a good solution. But there's not enough evidence to completely rule it out. So, you know, let's take a look. Um, So this is specifically talking about like particle physics. Now, in particle, if we talk about particle physics, you know how there's like, there's physics like um, for really big things like planets and time space in the universe. And then there's like particle physics and quantum physics for really, really teeny small things like electrons and even smaller than that. Teeny tiny atoms. And the math works for both of them, but if you try to put it together, it doesn't work. And this is why people like Einstein were trying to come up with a unified field theory. You remember this from our time travel Philadelphia experiment episodes? So so huddle up, guys. Let me teach you guys a thing about particle physics uh, and uh, try to wrap your nuts around this one. So a lot of nuts wrapping today. <laughs> that's like my new. You're all about wrapping nuts around. That's stuff my new right saying, now. dude. And that's of course a pause. Um, but try to wrap your nuts around this because in quantum mechanics, you cannot know both the position and velocity of a particle. We track in here. Okay. And this is also, I think, like relating to string theory. You know how string theory says like things tiny, tiny, tiny are basically like little strings? Yes. Um, So Mm -hmm. think about that. So quantum mechanics, you cannot know the position and velocity of a particle. So keep that in mind. Now, you can know where it is or you can know how fast it's going, but you cannot know both. Just like a UFO. I mean, I think, <laughs> now, now these these properties are calculated in waves. Okay, now th- now think of it like this. Think of it like the way that they try to like figure this stuff out, or I guess do ex- experiments with like tiny tiny particles. Think of it like trying to locate. Uh, you shoot a bullet out of a gun, and you try to locate that bullet by shooting another bullet and causing a collision. You found the original bullet, but you completely changed its path. This is what happens in particle physics when you observe teeny, teeny, tiny particles. This is the only way to observe them. Now, remember on our uh, simulation theory, we talked about the double slit experiment? Yes. So we explained it pretty well, I think, on there. Go back. uh, Take a listen to that if you don't know what that is. I'll try to sum it up here, but it's essentially like... It's like they have these interference waves. So that's how they measure it. So they shoot it through like a double slit. They have two slits and they shoot the particle through one of them. Now it goes through both slits until you, like if you observe it going through another slit, like you me- you try to measure it, 
the wave function collapses. You know, you, you remember this? Yeah. And uh, there, I'm not doing a good job of explaining it, but it's essentially like the particle does both, like Schrodinger's cat box. The cat is both alive and dead. The particle goes through both slits until you measure it, and then it can travel back in time and essentially record a record of it only going through that one slit. And that's known as the wave function collapsing. And this happens when you observe it. And so when you actually measure the particle, like we said, observe it, you're destroying the wave probability and it's called collapsing the wave function. Now, the TLDL on that is the less random and predictable the position is, the more random and unpredictable the velocity is and vice versa. Now, what's particularly strange about this entire thing is that when the wave function collapses, the change appears to happen instantaneously. Now, typically... Did you just Thanos snap? I just Thanos snapped. That's instant, Boom. dude. That's a sign for instant. Now, typically, information has to be carried by a particle, and particles cannot go faster than the speed of light. So this is a paradox. You have stuff appearing to behave randomly, but it also knows what the other stuff is doing, and it's happening faster than anything is allowed to happen. So how the hell is this possible? Are we tracking here? We're tracking. Eh. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honestly, I just feel really dumb right now. <laughs> like, my dad's a physicist, and I'm just sitting over here like, yeah, what? Man, we should have uh, Skyped those, him in on the episode. Dude, dab hits, dude. Dude. Oh, I know, <laughs> dog. Yeah, physics. I know. Nucle- nuclear submarines. But, I mean, we don't need to, like, have a firm <laughs> grasp on this, and I think this is just barely scraping the surface. But, um... Now, so as I said, you know, this paradox is happening. How the fuck is this happening? Well, one solution to the paradox is the multiverse. Um, So this is the idea that it isn't truly random or unpredictable because the outcome has been decided. So when you measure the position of one particle and its entangled particle partner changes velocity, it already knew that it would change the velocity. Why? Why? Because this is what happens in this version of the universe. In another version of the universe, the velocity was measured instead. So the position changed randomly. Each random quantum event that happens was always destined to happen exactly the way that we see it happen. It just appears random to us because we can't see or measure any other possible outcomes. So it's still fundamentally random to us. But all the particles are still following a completely predictable path to them. Are we tracking here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm tracking this one. Sounds like some bullshit to me. Well, this is the multiverse theory, Rob. So are are we saying the multiverse theory is bullshit? No, but I just think (laughs) that anytime that science can't prove something, their their cop-out is, well, there's there's an infinite number of, of... answers and we just don't know all of them yet well rob it's not a cop-out it's a theory now (laughs) now this is like we said up top these other universes aren't accessible to us it's not like a parallel universe in a sense where there's an evil version of you and with the right ship or the right device or portal you could get there you know (laughs) no 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 i'm not saying (laughs) that at all it's not like that at all these (laughs) these are just mathematical necessities they exist as a solution to the problem. It's like 
It's like you were saying, Rob. They don't know the solution, so they come up with this theory to kind of help explain it. But the math works. Hey, as long as the math works. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's the philosophy, right? As long as the math works. Well, that's works. crazy that the math works. Though, right? That's know? what I'm saying. Now, That's wild, dude. Well, if so, everything's moving random, does the math work? Well, it does work, Rob. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like all we can see is the wave probability, what each particle might do. And when the wave particle is measured, the wave function collapses. As we said, the universe splits into a different universe for each possible random outcomes. And again, this is just math used to explain this particular paradox in particle physics. Now, are we tracking there? Meh. Okay. So we're a bit, we're not tracking there because we're not particle physicists. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that's just me this entire episode. I'm like, well, if the, so the thing is when you say the math works, like expand on that. I mean, is like, <laughs> okay, now, no, no, now, see, this is where I was afraid that somebody was going to ask this question because um, math was probably my least um, favorite, I guess, subject in school. I don't, I didn't even learn my times tables in elementary, guys. And I'm going to say, so the math, this math, um, Billy, is is highly, highly advanced. I don't understand it. I'm going to say, but. It works. Yeah. So this is like just take our word for no, it. No, this okay. is like the always sunny argument of like you've you've done the math. Like, no, I'm just taking it on a leap of faith. So a bunch of guys that you've never met did a bunch of equations and you just believe what they say <laughs> <laughs> like the Bible. No, exactly. And I'm just I'm just over here like everything I found, because again, you know, I'm looking on Reddit explain like I'm five for some of this particle physics stuff, and the math is just over my head. I don't understand what they're doing, how they're doing it. These these equations are like the shit you would see on a board with like Z, Y, a bunch of squiggly lines, boxes. It's like when Rob was a janitor, he would go in and just like solve some of these equations, you know? Yeah, just finish them, you know? <laughs> yeah, he would, just, he would just finish these equations like half done on chalkboards when he was a um, janitor at MIT. Oh, man. Rob, you went to MIT, <laughs> that's dog? Good, that's, good, that's good Will Hunting. He's talking about no, Goodwill so, Hunting. Yeah, so it's, it's like that. It's like Goodwill Hunting type math. I don't understand it. Yeah. I think it's more complex than that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. He was the complex, wasn't it? He was a genius, dude. Yeah, okay, no, yes, Matt Damon was like crazy smart, you know? Yeah, Robin Williams had genius, to be like, Psh, bitch, you know? This is life. <laughs> you never held your comrade in his arms while he was dying. You never woke up next to your wife who had cancer. You'd probably quote Whitman. <laughs> <laughs> we got Robin Williams reincarnated, man. So... Yeah, so this is what, uh, like, again, you know, I don't know the math. Look it up if you'd like. Let me know if you understand it. If any listeners out there are mathematicians that understand this, let us know, guys, because we're lost in the sauce when it comes to this math. Now, if we switch gears, so we got the particle physics down. We fucking ace that. It's a fucking joke, right? Yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And now let's see if there's any quantum physicists listening to our podcast. <laughs> Did you just say quantum? It's particle <laughs> physicists, you nitwit. We talked about both. <laughs> well, we're talking about quantum later. So, 
Switch, if we switch gears here to another proponent of the multiverse, we got theoretical physicist and, D- and string theorist Brian Greene. Now, in his book, The Hidden Reality, colon, Parallel Universes and the Deep Laws of the Cosmos, he explains what is known as the nine types. Now, I've listed them here, and we could get into them because they're kind of interesting, and let me know what you guys think about this stuff. Now, Brian Greene's nine types are as follows, and these are what he's talking about, nine types of multiverses, I, I guess. Um, so we got quilted. Now, the quilted multiverse works only in an infinite universe. With an infinite amount of space, every possible event will occur an infinite number of times. However, the speed of light prevents us from being aware of these other identical areas. So what do we think of there? Just like, uh, you know, that's whatever. On to the next one. For me, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so next up we got the inflationary multiverse. Now, this is composed of various pockets in which inflation fields collapse and form new universes. Um, What's an inflation field? uh, Again, you know, this is probably something that's over my head. This is um, theoretical physics. Um, I would assume it's like a uh, thing of like inflating a basketball and deflating. And we got a bunch of those basketballs in a big space. That's like all these universes, right? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So see you, what you, mean. you deflate one, another one pops up, maybe. Maybe. I'm talking out my ass here. I'm just, I'm spitballing here. No, no, no. I mean, that, that's a good explanation. I was just curious because inflation feels, man. That sounds like a good band name, but. <laughs> yeah, so. Basically, in this one, he's saying that these inf- these inflation, like cosmological inflation, yields an enormous network of bubble universes, of which our our universe would be one. Till the bubble pops. <laughs> yeah, till the bubble bursts. Now, next up, we got the brain. And this is the B-R-A-N-E multiverse. Uh, now, this version posits that our entire universe exists on a membrane which floats in a higher dimension or, quote-unquote, bulk. Now, in this bulk, there are other membranes with their own universes, and these universes can interact with one another, and when they collide, the violence and energy produced is more than enough to give rise to a big bang. So the brains float or drift near each other in the bulk, And every few trillion years, attracted by gravity or some other force we don't understand, collide and bang into each other. And this repeated contact gives rise to multiple cyclic big bangs. Now, what are we thinking there? That's like, I I guess that's kind of like what we were saying with the, uh, or maybe that's like the Greek stuff with atoms colliding into each other. He's just saying membranes. Yeah, I mean. What's going on with that one? I mean, like, it's interesting. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of along the, you know, it's kind of a way to to describe the Big Bang, but like kind of extrapolating that over like multiple universes and like how those universes were created in a similar vein as a theory of the Big Bang for ours. I mean, who's to say that, I mean, I I, actually, I, I kind of, I kind of fuck with that one, to be honest. And honestly, as you say that, you know, 
is this guy just blowing spit out of his ass? Because this could be like, he's just making shit up, right? How is there any backing of I mean, of isn't, all, aren't all theories technically made up? But there's like ways you can prove them and stuff, right? And there's like strong evidence that supports the theory. Like what is the evidence to support that it's a brain that floats in a dimension called the bulk? That sounds like a fucking comic book. Yeah, I don't know where he's getting yeah. these like names <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah. The he's bulk. A it sounds like nerd, dude. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like some I don't know. It sounds like uh, something out of like the the next in, uh insidious movie. The bulk. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got Krang. The membrane is approaching. <laughs> we got Krang ready floating for around up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's get into the next one. This is cyclic. Now we've already kind of hit on this, but the cyclic multiverse basically has multiple brains that have collided, causing big bangs. The universes bounce back and pass through time until they are pulled back together, collide, destroying the old contents and creating a new so this what i'm thinking this one is and let me know if you guys are tracking this have you guys seen true detective i have this nah. is like russ cole this is like russ cole like uh i don't want to live in history anymore okay nothing gets solved we're just gonna do the same thing again and again time is a flat circle you know that's like time is a flat circle it's just on a fucking loop, right? Looper. Yeah, I mean, like, this is kind of like the history repeats itself thing that we were talking about earlier, in a sense, you know? Uh-huh, exactly. Now, next up, we got the landscape multiverse. Now, this relies on string theory's Kabali Yao manifold. Um, again, don't ask me what that is. Do not fucking know. Don't understand it. It's math that's way above my head. Um, but essentially, this one is... Quantum fluctuations drop the shapes to a lower energy level, creating a pocket with a set of laws different from that of the surrounding space. Now, combining inflationary cosmology and string theory, the many different shapes for string theory's extra dimensions give rise to many different bubble universes. So again, this is similar to the whole inflationary bubble universe shit, I guess just a different name i guess you know i mean this guy's getting kind of crazy in here right this guy should be writing comic books a little bit yeah <laughs> now, for real now the ne- next up he's got the quantum multiverse so this creates a new universe when a diversion in events occurs as in the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics uh now this is like the example we gave earlier with the double slit explanation like Everything is happening when stuff splits off. Kind of like, um, I guess, the... It's lo- like some Inception type shit, dude. Well, that's dreams. I think that's more like uh, the end game. Like the different timelines splitting mm, off, you know, with okay. Marvel. Um, now, he's also got holographic multiverse. And again, we hit on this in our simulation theory. This is derived from the theory that the surface uh, area of a space can encode the contents of the volume of the region and again we didn't understand this in our simulation theory and i still don't but it's essentially i think like the universe is could be a giant uh, hologram and that kind of gives credence to simulation theory like it's on a projector screen like think of a projector screen you're taking this small th- pinhole and blowing it up to a giant thing like that's i guess what the universe is like 
Don't know if that's how holograms work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that well, how do they work, Mr. Hologram Scientist? It's very scientific. Okay, so next up I he's got... I understand it. He's got the simulated multiverse, which this is what you were saying. Exactly, Rob. You could have written this book. This guy's saying, if our universe exists on a complex computer system... Um, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to think there's multiple universes being simulated. Obviously. <laughs> you wrote that chapter of the book. Uh, now, the next, uh, lastly, the but ninth what one. what if I messed up that chapter before I finished the book? Now, that would be quantum superposition. <laughs> oh, no. Now, that's a whole nother branch of physics. <laughs> now, the last one he's got is the ultimate multiverse, which contains every mathematical possible universe under different laws of physics. So this is just like, I guess, the standard, like, there could be a universe where gravity is reversed or some bullshit like that, you know? Right. Gravity's reversed. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like anything's think, possible. Any, in an like, think of, of any universes. physics thing like flipped on its head. Yeah, you know? no, no, true, true. You never know, man. Now, this book, this book and Green's theories has mixed reviews. Now, is you know? this his real name or is this a made up name? I believe this is his real name. Why would he make up a name? Pen name, you know? I don't think it's his pen name. Look this guy up, though. He looks like a combination of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Uh, he does like so TED Talks. So he is talks. a simulation. He does like TED Talks and shit. I don't know, people I st- seem to be torn on this guy. Like some praise this book and his ability to explain these complex theories. Just like people are torn on the multiverse. And then others say that his book does more harm than good. And some went as far as to classify this as pseudoscience. Now, mm. what are we thinking there? That's a slap in the nuts. <laughs> that is a slap I mean, in the I nuts. just think, like, uh, it, it's intriguing, but at the end of the day, he's just throwing out, like, every possibility. Like, exactly. it's like, okay, anything Brain, could be possible. We got brains floating in the Exactly. Bowl. Why is that any more... Why is this any more credible than David Icke thinking that lizards rule the fucking it's world? It's not any, any more far-fetched. <laughs> it's straight up. It's the same... It's the same crazy, but I mean, we are just, we're just shitting on this guy for believing that his fears are more incredible than David Icke. Maybe this guy just needs to start going on InfoWars and discussing his yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, Jones. Honestly, I don't get it. I don't get how, how do I, maybe I need to read the book. Maybe that's our first mistake. We're reading, we're getting, we're just skimming it. Yeah, we're skimming the nine types and perhaps he explains it better in this book. I don't know. But those are some of the proponents. Now, let's get into some of the theories against this whole multiverse thing. Because in 2003, uh, there was a New York Times opinion piece titled A Brief History of the Multiverse. And this was by, and this is the only reason I trust this coming from the Times, is because this guy, Paul Davies, cosmologist that wrote this thing, he has done some pretty good work. I got one of his books... um, the Goldilocks Enigma, which I believe we used in research on a previous episode, but um, he has a, has a good way of explaining like high level math and cosmology. But he wrote this article, basically offering an argument against the multiverse theories, saying that they're non scientific. Now, in this article, he says, "Quote: How is the existence of the other universes to be tested?" To be sure, all cosmologists accept that there are some regions of the universe that lie beyond the reach of our telescopes. 
But somewhere on the slippery slope between that and the idea that there is an infinite number of universes, credibility reaches a limit. As one slips down that slope, more and more must be accepted on faith, and less and less is open to scientific verification. Extreme multiverse explanations are therefore reminiscent of theological discussions, indeed invoking an infinity of unseen universes to explain the unusual features of the ones we do see is just as ad hoc as invoking an unseen creator. The multiverse theory may be dressed up in scientific language, but in essence, it requires the same leap of faith. Boom. Fucking nailed their asses to the wall, dude. What are we thinking there? What are we thinking of this guy's argument? I mean, it does hold some weight, right? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with with this dude 100%. I mean, I think um it 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 is along the same lines of a devout Christian or a devout Buddhist or a devout Muslim. I mean, uh it's a leap of faith. Uh I I mean, unless you really dig into the math like we spoke about earlier and like that's really the <laughs> only was- like hard evidence that you can actually like point to with some of these theories. I mean, it's literally just, hey, we're trying to explain our world, and we're trying to explain our universe, and we're trying to explain our emotions, and uh, these are some ways to explain it apart from a creator. But it's the same leap of faith, you know, in my opinion. Well, I was just going to say, we all know that Brian Greene thinks that a multiverse exists, and what Davies here proposes is maybe it doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> Which is another <laughs> no, no, but it, okay. Such so wisdom. I'm thinking of two things. I mean, no, I definitely I agree with what this guy is saying because to what I said earlier about the infinite number being a cop out, this guy is kind of agreeing with that. He's saying like you can't just make shit yeah, up. you can't just say oh well it goes on to infinity and um, well we just don't know. Okay, well two thoughts here. Um, and then we'll get on to the next uh, antagonist. But one is, <laughs> so this guy is a cosmologist. Green is a theoretical physicist. Is it that these guys just aren't on the same level of like, like you said, the math, does Green understand this math? He's like fucking Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. He's how about them applesing this guy? And this guy's like, I don't fucking get it. So it's bullshit. I mean, I don't like the thing is, Green has to be able to point to hard empirical facts, statistics, data, uh, math to be able to prove that his theories are actually legit. Whereas, and and he may be able to do that. I mean, I don't know the guy. He might be able to do that. He, he <laughs> might he might be a genius. He might be smarter than than Einstein. But at the end of the day, like, what the reason why I agree with Davies is just I. Do I think that Green could do that? Probably not. And if he couldn't, then it would just be a leap of faith. Okay. And I think a a part of the disconnect here is also that we're idiots because, you know, this green guy, (laughs) this green guy. I don't know that we're idiots. We're just not uh, physicists. Again, yes. But I'm saying this green guy could show me the math and I would have no clue 
what it is. You know, he could be writing squares up there and be like, this is the math that explains the multiverse. I'd be like, I mean, I guess. For all um, we know, that's what he is doing. Okay. Yeah. So do we get into this business? <laughs> <laughs> like, you could be like, all right, this is the this is the equation that explains like a bunch of shit on the whiteboard. And say, well, <laughs> the math checks out as you can see. Just imagine Rob <laughs> in a conference with like all these guys. You got Degrassi there. You got Green there. Rob's up there with all these fucking squiggies on his pictures like, with a pointer, and he's like, "My math." <laughs> and it's like X plus B, like divided by C. And he's like, that's it. With squiggly line, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I don't know if there's a disconnect there. And then again, comparing this to religion, I think, is a little harsh in that like this guy at the end of the day, Green, I believe is like a scientist at the end of the day. He's not out there like killing people in the name of his multiverse theory, you know, like like religions are doing in spades. Like he's, I mean, he could be the John Wayne Gacy of physics, man. (laughs) But, um, like, I'm sure that if this green guy was proven wrong, he would uh, come forth and be like, "Yeah, my, I fucked up the math, guys. That's my B. My phone's, you know." (laughs) I mean, maybe, but then Um, again, like, I don't know because nowadays everyone's everyone can never admit that you know they might be wrong. I feel like it's. You know, especially nowadays with our culture. But who knows, man? I don't know yeah, the you guy. Go on Instagram, everyone's apparently yeah. a scientist now. But right, And right. scientists, you know, they're more, I think, I'd like to think they're more level-headed. Hey, I'm with Twitter science, models. okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I align with science. Did nobody get that up top? <laughs> science. <laughs> no. So then we got this other guy, George Ellis. Now, he writes in August 2011, uh, he criticizes the multiverse he pointed out that it is not a traditional scientific theory. He accepts that the multiverse is thought to exist far beyond the cosmological horizon, and he emphasized that it is theorized to be so far away that it is unlikely any evidence will ever be found. He also explained that some theorists do not believe the lack of empirical testability and falsifiability is a major concern, but he is opposed to that line of thinking. Now, he says that scientists have proposed the idea of the multiverse as a way of explaining the nature of existence. He points out that it ultimately leaves questions unresolved because it is a metaphysical issue that cannot be resolved by empirical science. He argues that observable observational testing is at the core of science and should not be abandoned. And he says in his article, Does the multiverse really exist? Quote, As skeptical as I am, I think the contemplation of the multiverse is an excellent opportunity to reflect on the nature of science and the ultimate nature of existence. Why are we here? In looking at this concept, we need an open mind, though not too open. It is a delicate path to tread. Parallel universes may or may not exist. The case is unproved. We are going to have to live with that uncertainty. Nothing is wrong with scientifically based philosophical speculation, which is what multiverse proposals are. But we should name it for what it is. So this guy, he's a pure scientist. You know, he's a purist. You know, we got to call it like we see it. What do we think about his theory? I mean, he's kind of saying the same thing, but he's saying like, let's not 
again, he's speaking to maybe these clickbait articles. Let's not call this hard science. Let's call it more philosophy. Well, if the science is proven, you know. But again, it so far, we have not developed a way to prove this. Yeah. I know. That's something a lot of people need to hear. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so you hear that? Loyal Legion, so far, we have not... There's not enough scientific evidence at hand to prove the theory. We have not developed a way to prove this. Right. And, and, and he mentions empirical science in a way in observational science. And really, I mean, that's, that's the only way to measure what we consider truth in, in, the, in terms of scientific perspective. Um, but, you know, I, I do like the part where, you know, you said, where he said, we need to keep an open mind. Uh, not say that this is not, too, not open. too open, but keep an open mind and call it for what it is. You know, call it for, unless you can... Bullshit. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> not, though. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe just we call it a theory. Yeah, okay, yeah. yes, yes. Well, exactly. not hard science. Okay, okay. Now, all right, we talked about some theories. We talked about arguments for, arguments against... Now let's switch gears again for a minute here. Let's get into let's get into some more fun stuff. Let's get into some fiction. Now, do you guys have any favorite fictional depictions of the multiverse that you can think of right off the bat? I mean, obviously we know the Spider-Man films into the Spider-Verse. Um, what else do we do we got? No Way Home. That's a, also a pic, depiction. Just said Spider-Man, dude. You Are said you, me? you said into the Spider-Verse. And Spider-Man. Three. No Way Home. You didn't say that. Spider-Man colon No Way Home. <laughs> now, what else? Because I'm trying to rack my brain around like possible, I guess, Terminator? Doctor Strange? Oh, no. We haven't seen it yet, Rob. Not out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only been made like eight different times. Um, Interstellar, I think, right? Doesn't that have a multiverse now, perspective? Is that- I don't. Th- I think he goes into a black hole, which is like something with time. Oh. Isn't that Chris Nolan? He's like obsessed with yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Right? It's either a. I think it. It's either a black hole or a wormhole. Maybe it's not relevant. I thought it was, but maybe not. Maybe it's a black worm's hole. Um, I, the one thing I was looking up said Wizard of Oz was like a like the Oz land. What do you call it? Land of Oz is like a parallel universe. I thought that was a dream world. Well, I guess that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it could be more dream world. This is big in the uh, Superman films. Although magic is used, so, you know, she could have been pulled into a parallel universe. That is correct. Okay, okay. Um, But, yeah, I think this is, like, obviously fucking huge in uh, Marvel. Um, You know, that's, like, seems to be the new thing that they're heading in, the whole, like, multiverse thing. Now... I'm looking up the uses in fiction. Now, the term multiverse was first used in fiction in its current physics context by Michael Moorcock. <laughs> now, this guy... Was not good. Uh, this guy... No, this guy's actually badass, dude. He wrote a... In, so he wrote a, a novel in 1963 called The Sundered Worlds. Now, this is part of his Eternal Champion series. This guy is like... George R.R. R. Martin level nerd, and he writes those kind of nerd fantasy books. Um, and Eternal Champion, if you haven't checked him out, great fucking metal band. It's like a nerd metal band. Check them oh, out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but I thought that was cool. Now, also, 
This whole like parallel universe idea can be seen three years prior in The Flash issue 123, which came out in September 1961. Uh, now I'm looking up this Mint Condition Cop would sell for 83 grand. Yikes. Uh, it's called Flash of Two Worlds. And this is huge in like, this became huge, I guess, in like DC Comics. The whole like multiverse, parallel universe, crisis on infinite earth, pre crisis, post crisis. Uh, this all became like a huge part of the DC comic world. And obviously, you know, as we said, it's become more and more popular in recent years with shows like Rick and Morty, uh, the whole Spider Verse, Doctor Strange 2. Uh, as we said, Marvel seems to be going this direction. Now, are you guys into this stuff at all? Do you like, obviously this is not as boring as the, uh, mathematical quantum physics <laughs> and shit. Although I guess Ant-Man does have like quantum shit in it, doesn't it? Yeah. He goes into the quantum realm to like fuck around with stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, fuck I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'd like with Marvel kind of taking this multiverse concept with their new movies. Personally, I just feel like it's an excuse for them to to get as many A-list actors that have played the same part, uh, you know, previously. Okay. So it's a money. Yeah, game. I mean, I think like I mean, it's creative, but I think that they're they're probably using it to their advantage to be able to cram in as many uh, you know box office drawing stars as they can to one movie. Okay, that's a good take on Marvel. I mean, I they don't call him the Korean cowboy yeah, for nothing. Man, you know now. um now so i'm looking it up more and more in fiction now while technically incorrect uh and looked down upon by hard sci-fi fans uh the idea of another quote dimension has pretty much become interchangeable with the term parallel universe however this is not the case so hard sci-fi fans are not a fan of moorcock no, Morcock. Morcock, I would I would assume he's more fantasy. So I think hard sci-fi fans are not a fan of fantasy, you know? They're not hard. They're for not Morcock. well anything with a, <laughs> anything with a sword or a dragon is fantasy. You know, that's not hard sci-fi. These guys are more fans of like Heinlein and like Starship Troopers and like uh Isaac Asimov, Arthur Clark. That's like hard sci-fi. Okay. Um, I think Dune is also hard sci-fi. Oh, Definitely love that shit. Is. Such a good movie. Um, but essentially they're saying like, you know, I, and I think you actually said this, Billy, when I first brought the episode to you and said, would you like to be on the multiverse episode? You said like other dimensions, which it, it actually is not that. Yeah. And no, I was just like, and, and I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have. I mean, especially obviously me, it was like, okay multi you know multiverse parallel dimensions but it's not the same thing yeah because i'm looking up you know like how many dimensions even are there do you guys know four that's i think technically right because there's three dimensions you know height length depth of like the three dimensional things and then the fourth would be time yes but I think also, if you want to get real crazy, like particle physics says there's as much as like 11. Well, and string theorists say as much as 26 dimensions. Theorists. That's yeah. the keyword Again, there. theorists. Um, but so I'm looking this up. I think it I think it sort of evolved this way in fiction because a lot of these like time travel plots, um, 
they like parallel universes are often consequences of time as a fourth dimension. So, you know, someone goes back in time, changes one little thing, and this causes a split in the central finite curve, the sacred timeline, whatever it may be. And bing, bang, boom, we've got a parallel universe. You know, are we tracking here? Okay. Right. Like, yeah, I think, isn't tracking. that in, is that accurate in Back to the Future? Like, when he goes back and Biff gets the sports almanac? Yeah. That's like an alternate timeline because he, or does he ha is that now the new timeline and he has to fix only one timeline? I think it's all on one timeline just for the movie's sake. Okay. But so it's something, I guess, more like Marvel where they, all these timelines split and they're now in this one and that's the multiverse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now technically also alternative histories as a result of time travel are not parallel universes. Um, and while multiple parallel universes can coexist simultaneously, only one history or alternative history can exist at any one moment, as alternative history in, usually involves overriding the original timeline with a new one. And as a result, uh, travel between alternative histories is not possible without reverting the timeline back to the original. So this is exactly what we were saying, you know, and this is, I think like, uh, so if we, if we stick to that theory, let's say time travel is possible. You could go back in time, change one thing and it's only creating one timeline. Yes. It overrides that timeline. This is where we could get something like the Mandela effect. Isn't that the theory of that whole thing? Uh, yes, it is. Now, how are we feeling about that? Is that probably... Are we saying that's accurate? Like, there's only one timeline? Or are we subscribing to the idea that you go back in time, you change one thing that splits off into a parallel universe where just that one thing was changed? Hmm. That's too complex for me. I don't know. I mean, I think, like, if, if you... That's tough. If you go back in history and 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 you know, let's say Hitler didn't you know decided not to to invade Poland uh, and, and <laughs> kick off World War II, you know what I'm saying? Like, what would that? What does that mean? Like, what does it does it change just this timeline, or does it branch off? And would well, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what world would you like to live in? Just one timeline or parallel? Ugh. But with parallel... I feel like... Sorry, I was just saying, I think that maybe this is just me not knowing the science behind it, but if you're going to time travel, are you not traveling on the plane of existence that you know? Because like, if there are multiple splits or whatever in the timeline, what what's to say you don't go back to the wrong timeline mm -hmm. that that just doesn't make sense to me because then it's like if you go back and change something and then it splits that wouldn't make sense because it's like you have to go back to that uh, you have to, you're traveling on the same timeline and just because you change something i don't think that necessarily but obviously like there's zero proof that you could even do that so i mean i think in like if we went back and changed thing, changed one part of history that's monumental, it's gonna affect the future of our timeline. Whether or not that affects 
the you know other timelines and branches off and I mean who knows man you know Green might have it right <clears throat> now that's uh, again guys that's all fictional that's all hearsay that's all uh I mean it could happen one day well probably not and if the math is correct then we're saying it would split off now there was also this other theory of like uh counter earth or like mirror world uh which I thought was interesting this is like and I think there is, again, this is like clickbaity type articles that I was reading that would say like dark matter, right? Or like black holes. We don't know what's in there. We can never see what's in them. We don't know what dark matter is. But there's this theory that like dark matter and black holes could be like how we are perceiving another universe. And then in reality, like they're perceiving our universe as dark matter that they don't know what the fuck it is or a black hole that they don't, they, that they will never be able to see. Does that make sense? So it's almost like a portal to like, in a way, I guess not necessarily a portal because we could never go through it. We don't know what it is. It just appears to us as like, well, you could technically go in it. You just don't know what would happen. Think, so no one's done it. I don't think it. you can go in a, a black hole, Rob. No light can escape. You would be instantly killed. Neil deGrasse has a whole spiel about it. That's what they think. No (laughs) one's done it. So you're going to be the first guy to do it? Dude, the government's probably definitely sent a monkey into a... Probably a person into a black hole. Probably just a... Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) There's a whole movie about it. He met his daughter and she was an old bag. Yeah, and he was like flying through like a library... Yeah, in space. Remember that scene where spoilers, he was like, dude, hey, spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the movie came out like 12 years ago, whatever, but spoilers all day. Okay, so, um, so let's wrap this one up, guys. Let's get to some clu- conclusions because I know what you guys are thinking, right? Where's the proof? Where's the math? You guys were asking about it. Now, I'm looking into this too, and I find that around 2010, a uh, scientist by the name of Stephen M. Feeney analyzed Wilkinson microwave. You're telling me Mr. Feeney analyzed this? <laughs> Mr. Feeney analyzed <laughs> Wilkinson microwave anostrophy probe, also known as WA, WMAP data, which is basically a deep space probe that measures uh, temperature and shows the cosmic microwave background radiation. Uh, this is how they measure like the big bang and shit. Um, now he claimed to find evidence suggesting that this universe collided with other parallel universes in the distant past. So this would, I guess, kind of, um, support the whole bubble universe theory. Like these other universes are pushing on ours or colliding. It's like a bunch of, uh, bubbles in a bath, you know? possible um but sadly a more thorough analysis of the data from wmap and from the Planck satellite which has a resolution three times higher did not reveal any statistically significant evidence of such a bubble universe collision Mm. now in addition there was no evidence of any gravitational pull from other universes on ours so if we look at this thing as Occam's razor, you guys familiar? That's your ass. Negative. Okay. Occam's razor, Rob. What is it? That's very scientific. 
the simplest explanation is probably the truest one, right? That's Occam's razor. Probably. So if we look at the multiverse, some scientists say, let's look at this as Occam's razor. You propose an infinite number of unobservable universes just to explain some strange stuff that happens in our own universe. This seems contrary to Occam's razor, correct? Definitely not simple. Okay. But if we look at this, other scientists say, if we look at this in terms of Kolmogorov complexity. Yeah, just look at it in that, you know? Look at this in terms of... (laughs) No, I... I, Look at this in terms of Kolmogorov complexity. Um, The proposed multiverse is actually simpler than a single weird idiosyncratic universe. Now, I'm looking up Kolmogorov complexity because I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? I reach out to my buddy who majored in mathematics. He gives me a simple explanation. So it's essentially like how complex a number is or how complex an equation is. But we can think of this in terms of like shipping. So say you got to ship a big giant couch that's one piece. Okay. That's going to be expensive. That's going to be big to ship, you know? Pretty, pretty, pretty. A pain in the ass, right? Expensive. Pretty expensive. Now, let's say you've got that same couch, but it can be taken apart, put into a box, and shipped with instructions. What is simpler to ship, or I guess what is more cost-effective for you? To ship the giant couch as one piece, or to ship it in pieces with instructions, person puts it together when they get it? I think it's simpler to, to get it in pieces and put it together yourself because how the hell are you going to fit it up the steps? Exactly. I'm a one-piece guy. So this is what the Kolmogorov complexity is. It's basically saying that the multiverse thing is actually simpler because all these equations in mathematics seem to work and point to it. So it is actually simpler to say that than we just live in this one universe that's so fucking weird and there's all this stuff that we can't explain. Right? What do we think in there? I think, you know, oh, like I said before, it's easier to say that because then you don't have to actually have an explanation for it. Well, they got the math. That doesn't mean shit to me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because at the end of the day, you could just throw up. Literally the only people that are going to understand that math are the people that wrote it on the fucking chalkboard. But but isn't like math the most like universal thing? Like, math doesn't lie, dude. Math is the closest uh, language to God. Yeah. I mean, it is if you can (laughs) prove that it's true. And to a layman like like myself, you know. But the the point I'm making is that if if that's your explanation, well, hell, the math checks out. That's not a a viable explanation explanation to most people okay okay like to a couple like a handful of scientists that makes sense but if you're like well guys obviously there's a multiverse because uh, i did some fucking math and it checks out so but there again you go. I, I don't think it's that simple it's not like these guys are just in a room doing like one plus two well, and being like hey no, guys, I, got the yeah. math. <laughs> no I, I obviously guys. understand that i'm just saying like if there was like tangible proof of it existing like they said oh you're never gonna believe what this fucking satellite we sent out 20 years ago came back with you know 
So if that guy did find like, um, if his theory, if his findings of the WMAP thing were correct of like colliding, that would be like proof enough to maybe convince you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I, mean, I probably still wouldn't understand what I'm exactly, looking at, yeah. but yeah. Um, I mean, who does, you know, and uh, (laughs) so in all this research, there's there's basically three prevailing theories out there. And this is the, I'll give you guys the skinny right here. You know, this is the, uh, this is the TLDL. So there's the bubble multiverse. And this is that parts of the universe are so far away. We'll never see them or are inside of black holes, which again, we will never see. There's the membranes. This is a string theory which is that our universe is a three-dimensional universe embedded in a nine-dimensional, let's say, megaverse. Now, there could also be multiple three-dimensional universes in this megaverse. And if, you don't know, if you're not tracking on this, let's use this uh, back-to-the-book example. So a page in a book is 2D in our 3D universe, and the book is the megaverse. The page is our 3D universe, and there's plenty of pages in a book. Are we tracking there? That's kind of what these string theory guys are saying with the dimensions. Like, perhaps outside of the universe is this crazy nine-dimensional megaverse, and there's a bunch of three-dimensional universes inside of this 9D universe. Yo. And then, lastly, there is the many-worlds theory. This is quantum physics, and... To basically sum, this is basically used to sum up the collapsion of the wave function that we talked about, in which every possible scenario happens at once, just splitting into infinite realities. Now, I'm thinking, let's take all these. Let's take string theory. Let's take quantum physics. Let's take uh, physics. Uh, we combine all these theories, and you got the Mac Daddy multiverse theory. <laughs> you know? That's what we call it. Possibly, name for it. what if Mac there Daddy. was these bubble, yeah, what if there was these bubble 3D universes inside of these three-dimensional universes? On a string. And all the realities were happening in each one of those. You combine all these theories. That's multiple, multiple, multiple multiverses. That's wild. Like, who knows, Be man? crazy for that who one. Who knows? So, we got the Mac Daddy multiverse theory, but... At the end of the day, these are just that. They are theories. All of this is still untestable and thus will remain one of the many unknowns in our observable universe. Until perhaps someone smarter than you or I comes up with a way to test this stuff out. And there you have it, guys. Uh, everything you need to know on the multiverse, pretty complex, pretty complicated, a lot of math involved, very scientific. What are we thinking all together? I mean, I think I can say I'm in the camp of the critics. You know, I'm saying this stuff, unless I guess like Rob was saying, you show me some like tangible evidence um, I'm in the camp of this is not provable. You can never test this, so it's not it remains in the realm of philosophy, you know? I 100% agree with that, Ryan. I mean, it's all intriguing, you know, but it's just like I could I could say I'm like, you know, half lamb, 
half lamb, half human. Now, do you have any math backing that up? Do you have some math? Yeah, show backing? me the math. Dude. <laughs> I mean, see that that's the thing. I don't have them. I wouldn't have hard empirical evidence, you know, unless I. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. You you could say anything though. That's that's the thing. It's like, how do you prove it? That's science, that's, baby. That's the question. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the math, man. It's the math. Where's the math? And there we have it, guys. I mean, you got any thoughts on this before we get out of here, Rob? I mean, like I said, I think that uh, maybe one day it will be proven. I'm not sure whether I'm buying the whole uh, maybe nine not. different types of ideas yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little complex, and I'm going to be honest, I don't really understand it. You know, if you just check the math, it is plausible. So <laughs> what, who am I to say that it's not right, you know? You just got to check the math. I think it, I, I think it theoretically is a possibility, but you know, you got to show me the money, baby. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So there you have it guys. Uh, multiverse, uh, everything we were able to find. Now, if you got any other theories or, or maybe we botched this, I know I was combining a lot of quantum physics and particle physics and normal physics and yada, yada, math, this math, that, (laughs) um, so very complex, but, uh, you know, let me know if you, understood it if you if i fuck something up uh send us your thoughts uh is there a multiverse out there can you prove it let us know and um on this one i want to cite nautil.us uh the multiverse is an ancient idea curiosmos.com the higgs boson particle could prove the multiverse theory correct uh and then i also want to cite this guy on uh, YouTube, MJ Murcott, for his multiverse theory. And again, Science Time on YouTube for the multiverse theory hypothesis explained by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Shout out to Neil. <laughs> Shout out to Neil. And Drake. And, um, and yeah, on that one, guys, we are getting out of here. Um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and hopefully we got some more stuff coming at you pretty soon um on that as always guys feel free to hit us up uh podcast from outerspace.com you can check out the merch that we got on there you can check out links to our episodes uh if you want to dm us on the gram it's podcast from outer space as well and you know shout out to our boy billy for riding this one out with us oh hell yeah guys yeah thanks for jumping in there nah this is uh this is fun you know i didn't really have a lot to to say because this is a very complicated topic but intriguing nonetheless now come on scrap scrap that scrap that you got plenty to say this was a great episode right on right on many more to come no yeah this is this is great and shout out to all the listeners out there we will uh we will be talking to y'all soon thank you loyal legion 